Hey now, and welcome to Quantum Drive. I'm Rob. I'm Katie. And our ongoing mission is to discuss every episode of The Orville. And today's episode is Season 1, Episode 8, Into the Fold, written by Brandon Braga and Andrzej Bromanis, and directed by Brandon Braga. This week, we have no new reviews to read, but if you would like us to read one of your reviews on an upcoming episode, all you need to do is go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, and write a review underneath it, and we may read it on the show. You can also contact us through the email at quantumdrive@thegeekgeneration.com. You can follow us on Twitter at quantumdrivepod, and you can join our Discord at thegeekgeneration.com slash Discord. One other thing of exciting news is that we now have some Quantum Drive merch. Woo! There's some people that have been asking for it, so uh, we threw together a few t-shirt designs and a mug design, so if you want to have just the like podcast logo, or if you want the cool characters that are on the podcast album art, that is all on different merch, and you can get your stuff by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash Orville store, and that will get you right there. It's pretty cool. I, I personally love the one that just says Quantum Drive on it. Yeah. You like the minimalist designs? Yeah, I, I think it's very classy. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> also, everybody leave us a five-star review because it helps us out. And then we get to read things you say and make my day. Oh, yes. we. <laughs> that is the goal. Don't worry mm-hmm. about the actual like promotional part of it. It's about making Katie's day. Yeah, I, I need that lately. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen. Uh, before we talk about the episode, Katie has our trivia. I do. I There was a lot of trivia for this episode, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Sure. There's the episode opening with Ty calling out to his mother. Mm-hmm. He's going like, Mom, Mommy, Mom. And a lot of people online think it's an ode to that episode of Family Guy where Stewie's calling out, Mom. Mommy, mom, oh. and it was it was really similar. Yeah, now that you point it out, yeah, absolutely. Mom, 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 mommy, mommy, mama, mama, mama. What? Hi. <laughs> and I think most people know about that because that's a pretty iconic scene from Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of a cool little nod to Family Guy. Totally. Um, In a previous episode, the one entitled If the Stars Should Appear, Claire reveals that she suffers from acrophobia, Mm -hmm. which is a fear of heights, and grabs Isaac's hand for comfort. And so then in this episode, she has to overcome that fear when Uh, she's escaping. Yep. And later in the episode, Isaac holds her hand without her asking. Oh, see, I totally forgot about her saying that she was afraid of heights, which... Mm -hmm if I had remembered, would have made that scene even more intense than it already was. And that was high up. Oh, yeah. Super high up. During the engineering scene, they're playing a Barry Manilow song. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was an interesting choice. And the song that they chose was Somewhere Down the Road, which is like a traveling thing. So I thought it was kind of maybe a nod to like, we're in engineering and fixing the engine so that we can go places. I assume McFarlane's a fan of Manilow, which is why they included that. They tend to include movies and music that he generally enjoys. Mm-hmm. I've not listened to much Barry Manilow, so. I'm not a huge Manilow fan. It's Me neither. fine. <laughs> I think my mom had a crush on him growing up, though, so that's a fun <laughs> tidbit. <laughs> so there's a continuity error in this episode. The Finns and Isaac are shown boarding the shuttle ECV 197-2. Okay. 
but when the shuttle crash lands, it is marked ECV-197-1. Oh. Yeah, so that's just, I, I usually notice continuity errors. That's my pet peeve in shows. Mm. Like, I'll notice if someone's hands are not in the right place, and I try to look past it, and I can't a lot of the time, or if, like, the hair's just off. But I didn't actually notice this one. But apparently, the shuttles are different numbers. Yeah, I don't think they ever really do, like, a focused shot on it. Like, they mm-hmm. never call attention to it with the way that they shoot the episode, so yeah. it doesn't stand out. Therefore, yeah, much harder for us to pick up on. Yeah, so, I mean, that one, I, I feel like it's it's forgivable. Totally. There was one thing about the Orville shuttle, because I, you guys know I'm obsessed with the shuttles <laughs> from the show. I found this tidbit that said the shuttle prop is made out of laser cut foam and then it is hard coated with fiberglass material and then it is sanded into its final shape. And the shuttle is actually three quarters the size the actual vehicle is intended to be and is shot in a specific way to make it look bigger. Hmm. I've always found like prop making really interesting. Yeah. And so that was just something I, I mean, that's a lot of work. Oh, absolutely. Cut it from foam and then hard coat it and then sand it down. <laughs> and then this one, they would have had to create like a broken one. Mm-hmm. And then in this instance, since we're talking about shuttles, I found something that said they comfortably seat six passengers, including the pilot, and they have lockers on the inside that house weapons, equipment belts, medical equipment, and comm scanners for the landing parties. Mm, yeah, we see that when Claire runs to the back of the shuttle and opens up some stuff. Mm-hmm. During the final battle against the horde of cannibals, there are two errors that you can notice. If you count the number of actors on screen, Isaac and the Finns are attacked by 37 cannibals, even though Borda says on the ship there's a couple dozen. Oh, so, it, like, I mean, but who's going to, like, notice that? Yeah. Like, I, well, if someone says a couple doesn't, like, a couple, a few, it all just feels mm-hmm. the same to me. And then this was interesting, because I always look these up before the episode so I can watch for them. Mm-hmm. When the cannibals are attacking and they see it on the Orville, it's kind of like a swath of them. But when you when they are being attacked, they all just kind of come and sink like a single file yeah. area down the mountain. Totally. So I thought that was interesting. And we'll talk more about the fight later, but... Those are just some more, I guess, continuity errors if you're interested in that. Cool. Um, the two kids on the show who play Marcus and Ty found themselves sapped of energy at the end of each day. So one of the things Seth MacFarlane did to give direction to the kids is use his Peter Griffin voice from Family Guy to keep <laughs> them focused. And I thought that was really cool. That's great. Yeah. I can see MacFarlane being really good with the kids. Mm-hmm. Penny Johnston Gerald, who plays Dr. Finn, said this about her character. She said, Dr. Claire Finn is the Orville's conscious adult. She has a tongue sharpened with wisdom and fortitude. I thought that was pretty cool because she is, in a way, like a matriarchal character. Oh, yeah. She also sounds like she'd be a pretty cool D&D character because I'm a nerd <laughs> like that. So <laughs> She laid out her role right away in the pilot when she was like, mm-hmm. I'm here to make sure everything is done the way it should be. I go where I'm needed. Yeah. And my last fun fact is about Isaac's uniform. So Joseph Poro, who I've quoted in the past on the show, he is the costume designer. He said the suit took professional sewers two weeks to make with all the quilting and everything in it. Then we had special effects, sculpt all the pieces, and then every episode I had to have dressers for him work on the electronics and get the armor on and off. He's a very high-maintenance character, but a lot of fun. Mm. One of the things I noticed with his costume in this episode, I didn't really pick up on it on a lot of others, is you can often watch his jaw move just underneath, like just the underside of his 
jaw and his like upper neck because it's a fabric underneath the mm-hmm. like hard shell of his helmet head. I didn't <laughs> notice that at all. And now I'm going to watch for it because I mean, like, I guess you could excuse it away with our head cannon. Oh, totally. <laughs> that it's that it's like it's a human quality. They tried to add to make his face seem more human. You can even just say it's moving parts like mm-hmm. it could be That's anything. True. So it's totally fine. It doesn't bother me. This is just the first time I actually noticed it. Yeah. So that's it for trivia, and I have one guest star of note for this episode. Um, His name is Brian Thompson. He played Drogon, and he's no stranger to TV, sci-fi shows, Mm -hmm. and Star Trek. He's been in The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Enterprise, and he was also in the movie Star Trek Generations. He was. He's also the way I know him best, because a lot of the Star Trek stuff, he's under makeup, just like in Mm -hmm. this. He's, He's a guy that they make up all the time. Uh, yeah. I recognize him right away as the alien bounty hunter from the X-Files. I haven't seen the X-Files. Oh, it's a big, <laughs> it's a big character in that show. Yeah. yeah. I've heard I would really like that show. I have so many shows I need to watch <laughs> and movies. Yeah, but so. we'll just keep watching the Orville. That's fine. Yeah, we're just going to watch the Orville. It'll be fine. That's it. And this was just a fun little fact. Apparently, I didn't know this. On the show, the Star Trek Enterprise series, Seth MacFarlane had a small role on that as well. Mm, yeah, I'd heard about it, but since I've never seen Enterprise, I haven't actually Same. seen that. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, we'll just keep watching Orville. <laughs> we'll just keep watching Orville and then we'll be fine. Okay. All right, we good. <laughs> Getting into the episode, we begin with Claire sleeping in her quarters when Ty comes in to wake her up. Like you mentioned, that other scene, the mom, mommy, mommy. Uh, He's excited to go on their family vacation. Her other son, Marcus, is not as thrilled. I loved seeing the second bedroom. Yeah? I just, I've always had, okay, this is a weird thing about me. When I was a kid, to fall asleep, I would dream up, like, people who count sheep. Instead, I would dream up my perfect spaceship. Really? Like how I would have it. Yeah. And like I still tell people to do this if they're having trouble sleeping because mm-hmm. it keeps your mind occupied enough that you're not thinking about other things. Mm-hmm. So I love seeing how spaceships are designed because the functionality of it. And I just it was interesting to see that the kids shared a room. They had two twin beds mm-hmm. in it. It was just I love seeing that kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with you. It is interesting that they share a room like that because I would think mm-hmm. it's not like they just get more space because they have three people there. But one would think they have some very easy ways to divide that space in the future so that yeah. they kind of had a little more privacy. It does make you wonder, are there like three bedroom spaceship rooms? Right. Or bedrooms? That, like, I mean, there's got to be, I guess, since we don't see a lot of large family units yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's like suites that you could get with second floors. Well, there's Ed's quarters that we saw in the Priya episode. His is a bit larger, but that is the captain's quarters. But wouldn't you think that like a family of three needs more space than, say, Ed Mercer? Yes. It's a luxury for being a captain. Yeah, I get yeah. It, but... and there's no way Finn would take those quarters. But mm-hmm. there has to be some similarly sized things around the ship. Yeah, maybe it's just like this is how the future is and it's just you make do with what you have. Yeah. Even if that means cramp space because of like living on a spaceship would be it's not going to be like living out in like a city even. Right, right. You don't have room to spread. Ready to depart. Kelly informs Claire that John won't be able to join them as their pilot. So Isaac is enlisted to help out instead. Claire doesn't seem overly thrilled at the replacement for this one. I love Isaac. 
more because of this episode. Yeah. And I I love Bordis still, but I think Isaac is a pretty close second to my favorite character. And I think the dynamic on this episode worked really well for all the characters involved. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I like to the evolution of Claire and Isaac's. Well, Isaac doesn't need to necessarily accept anybody, but Claire has a little bit of a prejudice towards him, I think, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's because it's like that non-human aspect to him. And I mean, the thing is, Isaac, he does come across as judgy and that he thinks he's superior. Yeah. And so I think maybe she was like, oh, I was looking forward to having like maybe more of a human connection with John. Like I could see that, but. I really enjoy, I don't think the same outcome would have happened if Isaac wasn't with them. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't want to be talked down to the whole ride to the fun planet, as they call no. it. But yeah. <laughs> Aboard the shuttle, Marcus and Ty are constantly fighting and Claire is aggravated. She's even more aggravated at Isaac's suggestions for correcting their behavior. We also learn that Claire has no husband or mate and her children are the result of artificial impregnation. I thought that was interesting just... That they, her character, she wanted kids and she didn't want to wait for somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's like a big move to make. And I think that was a really cool thing to learn about her background because I was wondering, like, did she she have a husband? What happened? So it was a nice way to get to know Claire a little bit more. And it was done in a very comedic way. I mean, the kids were out of control. Let's just say that. There was no... Because the whole reason they crashed was because he, like, Ty threw a toy onto the control panel. Yeah. And I, do, I don't know. I, I mean, Isaac was very judgy about her parenting, but he wasn't wrong that it wasn't working. But again, I don't have kids. I don't know if this is what's normal. Like, I just think that you can't get control of them sometimes. Yeah. I, um, so for me, this scene is very difficult to watch because it gives me anxiety. Yes, it did for me, too. So if people don't know, I am a teacher by day job and I work with a lot of elementary kids. And this behavior is something I see on the regular at my normal job. So (laughs) watching it during a thing that I'm supposed to be enjoying is mentally grating for me. It's very difficult to sit through. I can understand that. And it's not far-fetched it's very realistic oh yes like it and that's one of the things where they, they all should have just sat down and had their seatbelts on and the fact that they were just running amok around the shuttle is a dangerous and i mean just the fact that i will say as much as i love dr finn she had no control over her kids. none whatsoever even Mm-mm. the easy solution replicate another video game <laughs> we're good yeah right <laughs> like give them both something to play with i mean the thing is too and i how ungrateful <laughs> their mom is taking them to a fun planet on her leave. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I think Ty was excited, but Marcus. Oh, yeah. And- Marcus didn't want to go. Mm. I don't know. I had a, like it was done very well because it elicited a lot of emotion from me. <laughs> Same. <laughs> the shuttle encounters a gravity shear that's emanating from a nearby spatial fold. As Isaac begins to make course adjustments to avoid it, Ty grabs Marcus's video game and throws it at the console. The impact messes up Isaac's corrections and the shuttle gets caught in the gravitational pull of the fold until the shuttle is pulled into and through it. I mean, it is a child, but why throw it at 
Like at that age, shouldn't Ty have known like maybe I shouldn't throw it this direction? Maybe not throw it at all. What is that accomplishing? Yeah. <laughs> like they're in a very small space. Where's it gonna go? It, it is something where and this is I don't want to like ruin it, but later in the episode, Isaac handles what should have happened <laughs> so perfectly. Even though that might not have been the best solution in this enclosed space. Right? And so it it just kind of I mean, essentially, I wrote a note. It's the kids' fault they got caught in the gravity field since they were out of control. 100%. Your, your mom's trying to take you on a nice vacation, and you get stuck on a cannibal planet, and it's your fault. The shuttle is hurtled about 1,000 light years from its previous position into uncharted space. Damaged by the trip through the fold, they find a nearby moon where they'll be able to breathe and set a course to land. Ah, oh. the other thing, too, is like Claire had to run to the back to fix stuff or like to do something so that that Isaac could try to, like, maintain some mm -hmm. control. And I just thought it was interesting that the kids are sitting down finally because they're hurtling towards this moon. But like Ty still grabbed her arm and said, can I come with you? Yeah. And I'm like, there's just no I mean, it's a small child. I get it. But just no concept of like what is going on. You would think kids aboard a starship would have to go through like some sort of awareness training. Like they don't have to be treated like krill trainees, <laughs> but they do need to be aware that, hey, this isn't just like the carefree normal life that we would have living on Earth. This is a ship where there are procedures and you got to be able to fend for yourself a little bit. You think Wesley Crusher? When he was a small child, got his mom into situations like this? Not Wesley. No. No. <laughs> no. Definitely not Wesley. I feel like Wesley was a little bit more well-behaved, but he was also a, uh, an only child, and I think that makes mm -hmm. a big difference. As soon as you put two together, chaos. Yep. Pure chaos. <laughs> Needing manual repair, Claire goes to the back of the shuttle. As it crash lands on the planet, the back section is ripped from the rest of it, separating Claire from the rest of the group. That was horrifying. It was. Like, that was like a horror movie level ship breaking apart. Yeah. And odds are everyone dies. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the suspension of disbelief. Exactly. Yeah. There, there was just a lot about that where I was like, they hit a freaking mountain. Yeah. And it just broke in half. And uh, Dr. <laughs> Finn was in one half and the other three. I mean... One of the things I'm after they fully crash landed, I was like, how were they not more hurt? Yeah. And I'm like, I, in my headcanon, <laughs> I filled in the blanks of just going like, it's the future. There's just more things in place. I love that's how <laughs> our answer for most of this stuff. It's the future. It's the future. This is just how it is now. Yep. Yeah. So I, I thought that too, like 100% they'd all be dead, but they weren't. Yep. So it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we see Claire unconscious on the ground when her body is dragged away by an unknown local inhabitant. Creepy scene. Mm -hmm. Once agreeing that they need to find Claire, Isaac leaves the boys alone in the shuttle with a firearm. At night, a local grabs Ty, but Isaac arrives back in time to scare him off. Did he kill him or did he stun him? He, he stunned, stunned him, right? Yeah. He ran off. I loved that Isaac was like, you are feeble and weak and I'm going to go by myself, <laughs> which is... It makes sense, but just matter of fact about everything. Yeah. And also like Marcus's leg was dislocated. His knee yes. was dislocated or something. And so I just like that. Like Isaac was like, I must repair you. And he just like fixed his knee. Mm -hmm. 
And he's like, oh, that feels a lot better. But I literally was like, your only injuries are like superficial. And he dislocated his knee. Mm. I mean, thank goodness. But like at the same time, I just thought like they got it. They got away from like a lot of and I and like, again, it's the future. Maybe there's just some thrusters in place for when they crash land yeah. to offset some of that impact. I'd be like, you remember this pain next time you want to fight over that video game. Oh. <laughs> Teaching moment. Mm hmm. Back on the Orville, the engineering crew is hard at work making upgrades to the ship. Kelly informs Ed that Claire has reportedly never arrived at her destination. Despite not having a functional navigational array, he orders Lamar to set course for the shuttle's last known location. I like how Lamar is just like, uh, it's over there. He's like, do it mm -hmm. the old way. Use the star charts. He's like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, the thing is, too, they just stopped doing the ship upgrade to go help yeah. and look for her. Which I thought, you know, like says a lot about the group as a whole and the captain, like that they stopped a two day upgrade that will help the ship in the future mm -hmm. to go save two members of their crew and like obviously the two kids. So I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, I'm sure they went back to it. I'm sure they did. I'm, but I mean, but you think about it, it probably kept them away from what they needed to do longer. So rule of thumb is just never go away and just stay on the ship all the time. <laughs> I like that rule. Ty and Marcus are beginning to argue again, and Isaac attempts to get them in line. A quick scan of the shuttle's exterior indicates that there are likely Dysonium deposits in the mountains, which the shuttle struck, an element they need in order to power the ship and send a distress signal. I thought it was interesting that Isaac couldn't stop their fighting either. Mm. And I thought that was kind of neat because it shows that he thinks he's this superior being who has all these answers, and then he tries to implement that and it just doesn't work and then he resorts to the same thing that claire was doing mm -hmm. literally saying like one of the exact same lines yeah and the kids just kind of go like what yeah so it is interesting um i i just think that no matter what like kids are difficult to manage and i since isaac is technically doing research because that's one of the things we learned about this episode a little bit more mm -hmm. too on the shuttle is that he's here studying the humans and seeing the reason he's there is to learn more about the human condition, maybe the human race yep. by going with Claire and the kids. So if this isn't a crash course, I don't know what is pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I found it interesting that Isaac was even distracted by them. Oh, OK. I had a thing about this. OK. I, I was like, it's kind of part of my takeaway, too. But like there was a thing where there were hints where I'm like, does Isaac have like a human quality or feelings because he was distracted by them mm -hmm. he's a machine he shouldn't have that and just some of the things that happened throughout this episode and i'll bring them up as they come up but like just certain things like throughout the episode was like wait i didn't notice this the first time i watched yeah. this I, I know we kind of equate isaac to data because that's the similarity mm -hmm. but i don't know all of Isaac's kind of processing power and like what he's capable of and what he's not capable of because we just don't have as much information at this point. Mm -hmm. But I did find it weird that like he couldn't just filter out what was happening yeah. around him and focus on what he was doing or that his processing power wasn't strong enough to do both simultaneously. I thought that was really interesting too. And I noticed it. And I made notes about it, like whenever anything came mm -hmm. up relating to it. And I was like, that is really interesting about Isaac. I don't think he has an emotion chip like Data does, but there's definitely some things that did not seem very robotic. Yeah. 
something that happens much later that definitely need <laughs> to talk about. Claire wakes up in a locked room. An alien inhabitant brings her food and tells her that she's in a safe place. However, he's not letting her leave. Um, he is a creep. <laughs> Drogon, is that that's how we say it, right? Drogen. Drogen. Drogen is my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I brought you food. I, I, I Claire must have felt so helpless in that situation. Oh, I'm sure. And then like he comes in. Why is she locked in there? If he was trying to help her, why is she locked in there? Why did he get her? There's just a lot I have questions about, and I'm pretty sure he's he's a creep for sure. I have assumptions kind of based on one of the things that she does in a little bit. My belief is that Drogen has her there to keep her safe. I think that's authentic. But I think it's out of selfishness because he's all alone. So and I don't think he wants necessarily anything from her aside from the company. And until she acclimates and accepts where she is, he has to keep her locked in there. That's his mentality, I assume. What if he's feeding her? Oh, boy. (laughs) He's giving her food to fatten her up so that he can eat her. This is the horror movie fan in you is what this is. (laughs) See, I I thought that at first. And then I was like, no, I don't. I don't think of like he's he said he has tons of food and water. He's all Mm -hmm. set. Like, why wouldn't he just not kill her now? Why waste his food to get food? That's true. I mean, there's a lot. There are a lot to that. But he's just such a creep about it. Like. What is he hoping Stockholm Syndrome would like kick in at some point and she'd just be like, this is great. Maybe, although. Can't wait to hang out with Trogan. <laughs> we also don't know anything about his race. Maybe this yeah, is how they true. are socially. Maybe he's being completely like polite and cordial as far as they go. <laughs> that is true. And it was interesting because at this point she mentions the translator, mm. which I've been like asking about a little bit she's like my translator must be broken because safe means something different in my language and i was like oh snap they're talking about the translator so it kind of i love those little details because it helps my headcanon not have to headcanon and i can just (laughs) you know kind of go forward with this knowledge (laughs) yeah we had just kind of assumed there was a translator up to this point this is maybe the first mention that we actually Mm -hmm. get of one which means the inhabitants of that planet speak a different language altogether true or uh she was just making a note of her translator even though they were totally talking the same language but i I Mm -hmm. assume any alien race has a different language because what are the odds really yeah they don't all speak english (laughs) the next morning isaac marcus and ty are walking towards the mountains and the boys are beginning to fight again this time over the video game also again isaac grabs the game tosses it in the air shoots it and says it must never be spoken of again That's what should have happened on the shuttle, and they would not be in this predicament that they are currently in. Yeah. But here's something about that. Isaac got frustrated, and that's why he shot it. This is true. If he was a robot, and he's just filtering stuff out, that would not have bothered him. That's very true. Yeah, the fact that they're fighting bothers him at all is an emotional response. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he grabbed it, And so I put Isaac destroyed the game. Did he get frustrated? Because I think he that's like a human thing. That's not like a robot going, oh, this is annoying. Robots don't do that. So I'm like thinking maybe more about the Kalon, I guess, race at this point. Mm -hmm. Would they be considered a race? Yeah, sure. Maybe they're more advanced than we think that they have emotional responses to things. 
I noticed that he's not necessarily using a logical approach. Mm -hmm. You could say like getting rid of the game is the common denominator that's causing this fighting. So him from an analytical perspective destroys the game. But if he was truly being a robot, he wouldn't care that they were fighting behind him. It would have been interesting if they wrote it in a different way where he was like, the pitch of your voice is piercing through my circuits and therefore Mm -hmm. must be ended. Yeah, it just seemed like they were hinting at some stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I could maybe be reading into it. Yeah, I um, I had two thoughts here. Like, one, yay, Isaac. But also, um, <laughs> are we sure we didn't need those electronics for anything? Because I don't think, like, yeah. destroying stuff is a good idea right now. No, maybe, Isaac. There's just a lot that's not robotic or android about what he did in that moment. It was an illogical decision. Mm-hmm. Because he could have just, like, tucked it away inside of his suit. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to think about there. Isaac attempts to understand Marcus's behavior toward his mother. He suggests that his behavior indicates that he dislikes her, but he says that isn't true. Suddenly, they're surrounded by locals who demand the children be given to them, and Isaac quickly stuns them all. Isaac was like a badass. Oh, yeah. With that. I mean, he's a robot. So he would you say he's a robot or an android? Are they the same thing? They are. Well, so robot would be the larger group. And an android would be a subgroup within robots because they refer to a specific type of robot. Mm -hmm. But he definitely classifies as an android. Was it another human thing for him? Or was it just more of an observation for Isaac to be like, I've noticed you're disrespectful and rude to your mother and essentially treat her like garbage. I think that was a very logical breakdown. Yeah. And one thing I really liked about this episode is that it does showcase the whole parent-child conflict. I mean, I think we've all been there. Um, <laughs> but it is something where it takes sometimes a third party to subjectively show you that you're being mm-hmm. a jerk. And I, I thought that that was really interesting that Isaac approached it and said, like, you're really disrespectful to your mother. And Marcus goes, no, I'm not. And it made him internally yeah. investigate. And I thought there was a lot of growth in this episode and i honestly the two actors who play the kids on this did a really good they're job they're terrific yeah they yeah. did a very good job scared ty grabs isaac's hand who says it must remain free to use and let's go marcus encourages isaac to hold his hand anyway and he does so i don't i don't feel like isaac necessarily i mean he kind of learned something there but i don't think holding mm-hmm. his hand was an emotional response at all he just did exactly what marcus told him to do yeah i thought it Ty did the puppy dog eyes mm-hmm. pretty much, but I've always, I don't know if it's because I've always had an affinity for data, but just like when robots have those little moments with humans, I'm like, oh my gosh, because it's just <laughs> this like, it's it's bringing human quality to something that's inanimate because yeah. again, I'm a weirdo, but like when I was a kid, I like treated all my stuffed animals and things. I treat them all with respect because I'm like, you might be real. I don't know. Like, and so I've always done that. So whenever I see inanimate things like Isaac, who's technically metal, mm-hmm. have that like human quality kind of brought to him. It may, it like warms my heart. The alien inhabitant returns to the room where Claire is and introduces himself as Drojan. He tells Claire that there was a war and the water has been poisoned with a biological weapon that has made most of the planet's inhabitants sick. He, however, saw the danger coming and had stored enough food and clean water to last a long time. Claire says that she's a doctor and might be able to find a cure, but Trojan says there is no cure and leaves her locked in the room. Very like Fallout. Mm. 
kind of situation going on oh, here totally. where I think like there's a madness that's probably creeped into their brain a little bit. And the thing is, is like she's clearly from another planet. She clearly has technology. Mm-hmm. Maybe she could find a cure. Yeah. And I I just don't know. Maybe he's working on the trust side of his things, too, to be like, all right, I got to feel her out to see if this is something. But just how easily he wrote her off. But he is. I mean, you have to admit he's a creep. <laughs> <laughs> really reinforcing that creep side he he reminds me of buffalo bill okay like it puts the lotion in the skin, <laughs> on the skin like that kind of guy I, I can see that we have no indication that he had any plans to harm her whatsoever though that's the one kind of major difference his demeanor is creepy well again like i said we don't know their culture and also We don't know how long it's been since he's really associated with anyone else. You just know when someone gives you vibes. (laughs) Trojan gives me some vibes. Again, I mean, maybe he's not a bad guy. Look, I don't think he's the greatest guy, but I'm just playing devil's advocate here. (laughs) True, but he's given me some some (laughs) off-puttingness. Katie trusts nobody in the apocalypse. Nobody. No. That's how we survive. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> As Isaac and the boys approach a river, they walk across, but Ty falls in. He gets up visibly unharmed, but undoubtedly swallowed some of the water. So my husband watches the show with me when we do our recap. And he looked at me and he's like, why did he fall in the water? That scene seems so unnecessary. And I was like, Trojan just said that the water was contaminated. <laughs> he's like, oh, it makes sense now. But I just thought it was funny because like, had that not been revealed to us, it would have been a pretty... Very lackluster scene. Yeah, Marcus did help him out of the water, which Mm -hmm. was like a nice brother-to-brother moment. But yeah, I thought, I was like, clearly the stakes have been risen now that Ty has fallen into the water. It's in his mouth. It's in his mucous membrane. There is no turning back now. Oh, yeah. The Orville approaches the shuttle's prior location and detect the spatial fold, or as Gordon calls it, a glory hole. (laughs) Alara detects an ion trail leading into it, suggesting that the shuttle passed through. Mercer gives the order to enter the fold, and they make it to the other side, sustaining minimal damage, along with Ensign Davies spilling soy sauce on his pants. <laughs> my favorite, probably my favorite line from the show is when Borda says, <laughs> we're entering the glory hole. <laughs> it's just like, Borda, you don't, never mind. I, I just, I that whole interaction with Gordon being like that, and Ed saying, no, you're the only one who said that, <laughs> and just like facial expressions and... It was such a short scene, but it made such an impact on the show. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the whole soy sauce thing. He's like, wait, he really put that in a damage report? <laughs> we need to get better people. I know, which is awful. <laughs> it was so it was so well delivered, that whole sequence. Oh, my goodness. Unable to locate the shuttle, the Orville begins an extensive search. As night approaches, Isaac mimics Claire's voice and recites Peter Rabbit as a bedtime story to help the boys get to sleep. The next morning, as the boys awaken, Ty has become ill. I will say I read Peter Rabbit growing up and I forgot how dark that was. It kind of is. Yeah. And I thought the editing was really good for that scene, Mm. like showing Claire being resourceful and trying to find a way out. Mostly what stuck with me during that was how dark Peter Rabbit truly is. Talking about getting baked into a pie and all that. 
Yeah, I don't remember that. Do we like as children, do we black out all those things? I think they adjusted the story a little bit for the kids version. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> There's like pages missing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I But I thought the editing during that sequence was really good and showing Claire trying to find her way out because she's essentially in the bottom of a well with a basket being lowered. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Claire cuts herself and tells Jojen she needs the medical supplies from her shuttle or else she'll die and he'll be alone again. He leaves to retrieve them and she climbs out of the window and into an adjoining room. Searching the rest of Jojen's home, she finds her comm scanner and contacts Isaac. They've obtained the Dysonium and are heading back to the shuttle, so Claire plans to do the same. Before they break contact, Claire has a quick heart-to-heart -heart with Marcus. I really liked the Marcus and Dr. Finn scene i thought it was it's obviously heartfelt but it felt very real yeah it was very well done yeah it didn't seem like this big bravado of things it was actually like a very real human thing like i'll get mad at you but it doesn't mean that i don't love mm -hmm. you kind of thing and i thought that was really sweet i'm wondering if that's also like the first time like i was saying earlier kids need to be prepared for things being on a starship like this i wonder if this is the first time that she kind of tells him, like, no matter what happens, like, I love you, but mm -hmm. and anything could happen at any time. So you can't dwell on if we just had a fight or if you just did this thing or whatever. Like, this is an unpredictable life we live. Yeah. So you just need to know these things regardless. It was really, I mean, the, like, she's finding out Ty is sick. Yeah. And Marcus decides this is the moment to apologize. Mm -hmm. But I just thought all of that together worked really well. And when you think about it, like Isaac's this android that's a part of this crew, but there's just they they incorporated so many different dynamics that I I really liked how this episode played out. And I feel like there was a, a lot of growth and a lot of different scenarios like parent child conflict, but it was resolved in a lot of different ways. And it just was very human. And Claire's performance in this is fantastic like when she's talking to marcus and she's looking down at like the steel pipe she's holding mm -hmm. and you can hear it in her voice how like her determination is rising especially when she hears that ty is sick i wanted her to end the scene with something like mommy's coming like <laughs> yeah but i think she didn't know if she could come back yeah because trojan <laughs> i know i know but he was holding her in a locked room he was he did go get her antibiotics, mm -hmm. though. So there is something to say for yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, he took her out of a place where she might have gotten eaten, gave her food, and went to go get her help when she was injured. He's a creep. <laughs> he had to be convinced to go get the antibiotic because he's like, a bandage will do. And it was she was like, no. So I'm just saying. But she cut herself. like She, she did. really she did. did. When Georgian returns, Claire stabs him with a knife, shoots him, and escapes. On the way back to the shuttle, she shoots one of the locals and takes a sample of their blood to begin work on a cure. Okay. I will say, Drojan didn't deserve all that. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. I will say, though, maybe she could have incapacitated him or something, but she, like, straight up murdered mm -hmm. him. I get it. Because he was a creep. But he did go get the antibiotics. This is where I even was like, okay, I didn't like Drojan. But I don't think he deserved that fate. Yeah, I I, I don't know Jojen personally. <laughs> Maybe he's a you swell don't? guy. 
maybe he's a total creep. What he was doing to her was not obviously a good thing because he was keeping her captive against her will. I'm not defending that. But yeah, murdering him straight up is a little much. I'm thinking it's because she found out Ty is sick. She wants to get back to her kids. So it's probably like survival at that point. Like she's just like, this is how I can guarantee that I get out because like what if she knocked Trojan out and then all of a sudden he's up again he's running after her through Mm -hmm. the forest because he's lonely (laughs) I'm so lonely (laughs) (laughs) just flailing his arms so I did think like that was pretty intense but maybe she didn't even intend for it to go that way and it just maybe went that way I mean she did stab him directly in the gut I think that's a kill stroke Mm -hmm. and shot him just to be sure The group assembles at the shuttle and Ty is doing worse. The Dysonian provides only enough power to send a quick distress signal. From the sample, Claire is determined she could create a cure by using the Orville's med lab, but it could take weeks for the ship to arrive through normal travel. Isaac takes Claire's hand briefly, then exits the shuttle to stand watch. I wonder if he gave instinctively did the hand thing because he knows from his study that humans find it comforting. I think that's what it was. Or... Or he might be kind of human. I don't know. Like, I, it, that was another thing where I was like, he did learn this behavior, but he didn't have to do mm-hmm. it because, like, if he's studying the humans, he doesn't have to participate Correct. in their customs. It was really sad seeing Ty that sick. It was, yeah. That was, like, super... This whole episode just kind of went all over the place, and I was just not prepared for the emotion <laughs> of it all. And, I, I like, when he was having trouble breathing was, like, really yeah. sad and upsetting to watch so yeah that i mean the stakes were high in this episode i feel like absolutely alara detects the pulse from the shuttle though they're unsure of what it is scanning the source they locate the party on the surface suddenly a large group of locals attacks and isaac starts repelling them unable to handle them alone marcus volunteers to help and takes a blaster to join the fight with isaac's encouragement the two hold the locals off long enough for cannon fire from the orville to scare them away I was thinking about how would that scar Marcus, but then as Dr. Finn was explaining how the gun mm-hmm. works, she said the make sure it's on stun. They may not value human life, but we right. do. And I was like, holy crap, because I mean, that's a lot. Marcus is not that yeah, old. So they're not killing anyone. It felt very like video game like when he's out there with Isaac and he's like, you need to focus and like all these mm-hmm. things that I feel like a video game would tell you when you're learning how to do something, which kind of in my head pulled it full circle because he was playing video games a lot (laughs) throughout and he got pretty good at shooting it was just interesting that the situation was so dire that marcus had to be the one to step in i don't think he had to necessarily but i think he saw that claire didn't want to be separated from ty at this point and stepped up Mm -hmm. and i think it was his way of like apologizing in a a strange way like saw his mom was distraught realized from kind of being called out how badly he was behaving and how he was showing her that he cared about her. He was like, okay, well, I'll show her how I really care about her now. You think it would be scarring for Marcus? Sure, though? there's people trying to kill him, regardless. Mm-hmm. But, but, like, he's also shooting them. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad as if he's killing people. He's just knocked out for a little yeah. bit. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about how at that age, I mean, he's got to be, like, what, maybe 15? Maybe. Maybe. 14 he's young so i just was thinking about it's like that you gotta grow up right now Mm -hmm. moments yeah it was a bit of that Mm -hmm. back aboard the orville claire synthesizes a cure and ty is recovering 
Grayson wants to be notified when a large amount of the cure is ready so the union can be sent back to help the remaining survivors. I'm glad they included that because it was one of my immediate thoughts. Like, if you have a cure, you should probably do something about it. She does kind of say, though, like, if the union gives us permission. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think it might fall into that non-interference type thing. Although they just got fired upon by a ship. So there. Yeah. Hmm, this brings up. OK. Yeah. So like in the last episode, majority rules when if I mean, yeah, they kind of they went to save Claire and Isaac and the kids. But John, I don't know. It's just interesting. Maybe because it was more primitive of a, like a society. They're cannibals. It's post-apocalyptic yeah they just kind of went in guns blazing during this one but i think i think it might have been the fact that the damage was already done like the ship Mm -hmm. crashed there yeah it's true yeah so there's just a lot of i i would hope they went back and cured them at the same time though like how do you is it is the planet even like farmable at this point like there's just a lot of things i mean that's that's the union's problem (laughs) (laughs) This is how you know I'm like too un- I'm too invested at this point. <laughs> Doctor Finn goes to engineering to speak with Isaac. She asks if he can stop by sick bay as Ty's been asking for him, and he agrees to do so. She goes on to thank him for taking such good care of them. Isaac makes a final observation of their negative behavior, but insists that he's quite fond of them. To which Claire responds, "Welcome to the family." Fond of them? Yeah. Is another human aspect. Uh huh. Now. I I don't know if they'll address it at some point, but we have a kind of excuse that Data gave us, and I don't know if it can apply here, because Data had said that at one point he becomes, his circuitry becomes accustomed to the presence of other stimuli. Those stimuli can be other people. So if they're not around, he misses them in a way it's not an emotional missing but it's noticeable for his circuitry and he attributes that to fondness Hmm. this doesn't feel like it's the same way though because it was such a short amount of time that they spent together for that to like happen so this feels like a more emotional response i just feel like maybe there's more to his programming there's like a, there is like a from this episode alone, there's like a human quality to mm-hmm. him, even like minor things. But it's and I don't know if that was purposeful or if it's just like it was good for writing, but it feels like it was purposeful. Mm. Yeah, they wouldn't have said fond, I don't think, unless it was intended no. to call attention to that. Because he just listed like all the negative yeah. traits and then he goes, but I'm fond of them, which is a logical opposite. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, I think there's something more to Isaac. Yeah. One would think. All right. It's that time. Mm-hmm. What's your big takeaway from this episode? I forgot how much I liked this episode. Yeah. I feel like the writing was really good. I loved the interactions between Isaac and the kids and just his dry delivery of I am a superior being and just I have to repair Mm -hmm. you and just him saying kind of really rude things. But it's just, you know, logical for him to do so. I did feel like the whole episode was like a lot of roller coaster all over Mm -hmm. the place, but I liked that. I feel like it, it did grow characters. It showed us more into Claire and Isaac. And her family. I feel like 
Isaac has some sort of emotions. Mm. Even if it's minor, I walked away being like, there's something there, especially with that final scene. Like after all the little hints throughout the episode that I picked up on, and then at the end, there's I'm fond of them. I'm like, there's something more. And so maybe eventually we'll figure that out. But he doesn't seem all Android. To yeah. Me. The other interesting thing with Isaac, too, is with Data, Data was programmed to respond in a superficially emotional way. Like his face would change to show that he was smiling at a certain point or laughing, not laughing. He never really laughed, but uh, he, he would have little ticks and stuff that would they would mimic human behavior. Isaac just has a blank slate, so we don't even get that. So it's, yeah. it's a little stranger and it kind of invites more questions, actually. Which I enjoyed about this episode is that the writing was witty. It was like smart. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you, there was like the glory hole thing, but even that was really yeah. funny. But I, I thought that with the serious things, it was balanced really well. Mm. The humor was a lot less present in this episode and it had kind of a darker tone overall. Mm -hmm. Did you enjoy like Isaac's quips and one-liners? Yeah, yeah. Well, you mean like the the jokey things or just like the... Just like this, him saying like, I'm far superior. Oh, yeah, it's that's just... his character. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I just, I, I love Isaac because he, he's like Bordis in a way, which I think maybe I have a, this is my kind of favorite character, is the delivery of lines in a dry manner. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's funny. But I also just thought that um, the actors, all the actors in this episode did a really good Very job true. and they all played off of each other really mm -hmm. well. And I mean, Claire is just a badass in yeah. general. As far as episodes in season one, where does this stand for you? Like somewhere in the middle, middle at the top and near the bottom. I mean, you said you liked it, so I doubt it's near the bottom, but mm -hmm. I think it's. I like, I mean, honestly, I feel like this is probably one of my favorites from this season. Wow. Okay. Mm hmm. And I in my head, every time we watch one, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. But for some reason, like it feels like it's so long ago. Um, This was 2017. I think yeah. this came out. So when I go back and look at all the episodes we've gone through so far, I think this is probably one of my it's probably near the top. Wow. Mm -hmm. What about you? It's amazing to me how opposite we are sometimes. <laughs> oh, is it really not like. Oh, okay, Aside from command performance, this is probably my least favorite episode of the season oh, so far. Really? Yeah. There are reasons, of course. You can attribute part of it to the dumb reason that I've talked about before. Oh, that's true. Okay, we're just yeah. not spending a lot of time on the Orville. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of that, we're on like a grungy moon, which I don't love. But even more so than that, as I said before, just at the beginning of this episode, it is very difficult for me to watch so much fighting between kids mm -hmm. and adults and yelling at them. And it really stresses me out in yeah. a very like visceral reflective way, reflective, reflexive, whatever it, it, it stresses me out to watch this episode a lot. And I yeah. don't enjoy that feeling. It's the reason I don't like horror stuff. If I get to yeah. like, I don't mind a thriller or anything like that. But that kind of stress is so present in my life all the time that I just it's so I'm not criticizing the episode. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm it's just my reaction to the episode makes me like watching it less. Like I would never rewatch this episode unless I had to for some reason. Yeah, I could see that. I think I don't work with kids. So 
I feel like maybe since I'm removed from that, it's not as yeah, stressful yeah. like to watch. But I think who I, I really do you like who's your favorite character, do you think, from the show? Do you have a favorite? I really like Gordon. I could see that. Okay, yeah. So and Gordon wasn't very prevalent in this episode. I love yeah. Isaac. And so I think that's part of the reason why. And I like horror mm-hmm. things. So there was a pseudo horror level to this episode. Sure. It's cannibals. They're creepy. They've got boils all over their face. Drojan is a freaking horror character. If you didn't notice by our different reactions to Drojan, Katie likes horror <laughs> things and I, I write them off. <laughs> See that see so I can understand why for you this might not fall towards the top. I think there were elements to it that I enjoyed. See, okay. So the last episode, Majority Rules, mm-hmm. that was a different planet. It absolutely was. And it is my favorite episode of the first season. Uh one, because of the stuff that they tackle. And two, because they're basically on Earth. Like I know so they're on okay another planet. Like on an, on an Earth like, likes I can relate to where they were. Okay. Like it, it just it feels more normal to me so you don't want to like be in the shoes of someone crash landing on a cannibal planet not really no (laughs) no i'm gonna go with no on that but again it's it's not a hard and fast rule it's like Mm -hmm. not being on the orville it's also where they go yeah so i can see that so far we've been on a grungy post-apocalyptic moon and an enemy ship and i'm not down (laughs) with those places it's high stress environment. <laughs> it is. I don't like it. <laughs> I also the the kind of like the story holds up very well. It's a very strong story. But like we said earlier, I don't love the way that they chose to have Claire escape by killing Trojan. I feel yeah. like they could have had her get out any number of ways and just leave the building while he's gone instead of waiting to assault him somehow. Uh, yeah, he was keeping her captive, but he never harmed her. And we don't we don't know his character. And there might have been another reason that we were unaware of that he was keeping her there. Granted, it was against her will, but he did not deserve to die. I thought that was a bit much. No, and even I felt that way. Like when I was watching, I was like, yeah, that seems a little excessive. Yeah. Like she could have locked him in the room that she. Yeah. Like just outsmart him. Mm -hmm. So I did. I, I understand that. Like. Even though I do like the creepiness factor that they brought in, <laughs> I, I was even like, damn, they just shot him and he is dead. But I, I think I factored in the fact that her desperation was so sure. big at that point. She just found out Ty was sick. She probably that survival instinct was more important than Trojan's life. Yeah, uh, there was definitely good stuff aside from the story. I generally do enjoy character building episodes like I don't need a high action situation like, give mm-hmm. me a character building episode, and I love it for the most part. Uh, I did appreciate the further examination of uh, both Dr. Finn and Isaac. We got a lot of good information about both of them. Mm-hmm. I also like that they made a point to set the blasters to stun, like we said earlier. Yeah. And Claire has that line that says they may not care about life, but we do. However, this also causes another problem with the Drojan thing. Because in the same episode that they're like, we value life, they don't. She straight up cold killed the guy like <laughs> she. Yeah, I don't. I don't, And the, if that was removed, I feel like this episode is so much stronger. Do you think she didn't have a gun on her? She didn't have a blaster. That's what I mean. Like a blaster I, in her yeah, bag. She, or didn't, in, she probably didn't. Because she could have just stunned. Right. Yeah. So there. maybe she was just working with what she got. Yeah. But I I do agree. She stabbed him already. 
maybe the gunshot wound. But she was not. But she was like, was she laying on the ground when she shot him? Yes, because so she stabbed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pulls the knife out and then goes after her. So now he's defending himself. Yeah. He's the one doing. (laughs) So they're both now in a self-defense situation, but she was the aggressor. And I think that's the thing that bothers me. If, if she was just trying to escape and like he got violent, now she has every right to kill him, to defend herself. But just the way they approached it with her being the aggressor. And then in the same episode is like, but we value life. They don't. I was like, yeah, it's a great message, but it's, taken away from a little bit by your actions within the same episode the thing yeah and i guess the way that i reconciled it was just that she was trying to get back to her family Mm -hmm. she was desperate maybe not the best way to handle it yeah at all but also maybe not wanting marcus to make that same mistake right because now claire has to live with that because he didn't he was creepy Mm -hmm. he had bad vibes but he didn't do anything besides locking her up yeah that would have constituted like a death sentence, but that's what he got. Maybe he was okay. Maybe he just got knocked down. Maybe he's fine. He's living his best life now. <laughs> let's let's just pretend. Before we get out of here, Katie's husband Mark is also a big fan of the show, and as he always does, he likes to leave us with his one sentence review. Glory Holes, The Final Frontier. Quantum Drive is a production of The Geek Generation. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts on The Geek Generation Network at thegeekgeneration.com. If you'd like to support the show and get access to exclusive bonus podcasts along with other perks, you can visit our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can follow Quantum Drive on Twitter at Quantum Drive Pod and me at the Rob Logan. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Twitch at KatiePetersPlays, and Katie is spelled K-A-T-I-E. Please rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we may read your review on an upcoming episode. Finally, questions and comments can be sent to quantumdrive at thegeekgeneration.com. We're out of here for now, but we'll see you soon in In the the future. future.